0: It's a good one. Are you ready for it? Well, with all of the hand, foot, and mouth disease going around in uh, the Fraser Valley right now, I was tempted to entitle this message, Heart, Foot, and Mouth. But that's not really good news, is it? It's kind of, I don't know. uh, We don't really like to share about diseases when we get them right. But have you ever noticed how hard it is to keep good news a secret? Maybe the first time you got pregnant. Maybe your house finally sold or your offer was accepted. Or maybe Taylor Swift's boyfriend's team won the Super Bowl. (laughs) Maybe it's snowing and school is canceled. I mean, you cannot help but tell your siblings, right? And the teachers especially. Hallelujah, school's canceled. Maybe you are finally reached that goal of retiring. Or maybe you're cancer-free and you just got to shout it from the rooftops, right? It is hard to keep good news, a secret. Did you know what? We are beholders of the best news ever. Jesus is not just good news. Jesus is the good news. The news that everybody needs. They just might not not know it yet, right? We're going to open our lives this morning to Romans chapter 10, Verses 1 through 15, and consider all of this and more. Are you ready? Let's read along. Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. For I can testify about them that they are zealous for God, but their zeal is not based on knowledge, since they did not know the righteousness that comes from God and sought to establish their own. They did not submit to God's righteousness. Christ is the end of the law, so there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. Moses describes in this way the righteousness that is by the law. The man who does these things will live by them, but the righteousness that is by faith says, Do not say in your heart who will ascend to heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend to the deep, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, it is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we are proclaiming that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Amen. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Would you uh, humor me for a second? Look down at your feet. I'm sure they're covered by very nice shoes that you selected for church. I know Charlene especially. Well, okay. But have you ever considered, you probably have, those gnarly looking things inside your shoes called your feet? Maybe you have bunions. Maybe you've got hairy toe knuckles. Maybe you've got calluses. Maybe you've got warts, toe jam, nail fungus, ingrown nails, crooked toes, foot rot, athlete's foot, stanky things, aren't they? Yet to some, We just read it. They just might be the very ugly, stinky vehicle by which God does a most beautiful thing. In fact, your ugly feet were designed by God to be beautiful to another person, to other people. For they are the feet that can bring the good news of Jesus. We see through Christ and in Christ his heart and his plan to save humanity from sin and death, from hell, and to welcome all men and all women and all boys and all girls into heaven through your ugly feet. It's incredible. The eternal destination of our world relies on a church that gets up And moves, walks to where the lost and the broken are living, really dying. This morning, I want us to draw a few gulps of living water from the well of Scripture. Paul, inspired to write the church in Rome, we've already read it today, the first gulp is this. Did you notice back in verse 1, Paul's heart's desire to see his Israelite brothers and sisters, his family, his countrymen, saved. What about you? Who are you passionate about? What person or what people group weigh heavy on your heart? Is there someone in your life or in this world that the fact that they do not yet know Jesus as their Savior just breaks your heart? Maybe a family member, maybe a friend, maybe a co-worker or classmate, maybe your fellow countrymen, fellow Canadians, maybe refugees, maybe a teacher or a neighbor, maybe a people group in a foreign distant land. Maybe you look at our indigenous population and your heart breaks for them. Maybe you look at teenagers or children in our city and in our schools and your heart breaks for them. Maybe it's the homeless or the addicted or those struggling with trauma of various kinds. If the gospel, that is Jesus, lives in you, your heart will break, even burn for the welfare of others. It is the nature and it is the mission of Christ to look upon the lost, the broken, the dying, and be moved with compassion and to seek them out that they might hear and receive the good news of Jesus. You know who my heart breaks for? My heart breaks for you, for our church, for Parkside. Jesus, living in me, has put that in my heart. That there are many of us that are walking very broken lives, broken homes, coming here, dragging our butts here each week, struggling just barely hanging on and my heart breaks for you and I labor unto that end I preach unto that end that you might hear and receive the good news of Jesus and receive all that he has for your life from forgiveness of sins right to complete and utter healing and provision and blessing and giving you an abundant and a good life my heart lives and breathes for this church That it would be all that it was meant to be. All that Jesus died on the cross for us to be. All that his spirit is available and has provided for us to be as a church. I'm a single parent and yet I find 50 to 70 hours every week no problem to pour into the life and the ministry of this church. To invest in this place. And it's not an obligation and it's not for a paycheck. It is simply because Christ is burning in me to do so. What desire has God put on your heart? What people do you burn for and burn, burn over in that sense? It's not an obligation. It's a privilege. It's a compulsion. It's motivated by compassion and love to give up many things in this world for the sake of another. That's the first gulp that we read in Scripture. The second gulp that we read and we receive this morning is undoubtedly not only will your heart, you know, Grow with compassion towards another or others, but with that, you will have no clue with what to do about it. You see people that are hurting or broken or hard-hearted towards Jesus. What on earth do I do with that? I want to see them come to know Christ. Well, what does Paul do? He links his heart 's desire with prayer. It's right at the very beginning. His his heart's desire and his prayer are for his brothers, his fellow Israelites. It is in prayer that God will give you ideas. He'll give you certain thoughts and insights. He will give you actions to, to, to go out and to do. He'll give you vision. He'll give you empathy. He'll give you even the words to say and the prayers to pray. The strength and the boldness to actually get up and to step out and to do it. All of that is birthed and started and designed in prayer. God puts the gospel into motion as we respond to Him dwelling within us, His vision for our world, and us beginning to pray. And things begin to change in the spiritual and in the natural. Are you praying? for those who are on your heart? Are you seeking the Lord in prayer for how to participate in his plans and his timing and his way that he wants to see them saved? Last year, I was praying for someone and uh, the Lord put it on my heart to ask this person out for breakfast. And so we met, and this person didn't know the Lord, but he wanted to. And at least he wanted to know God on his terms. He was really frustrated with God because he was expecting God to pursue him in a way that would just require zero faith whatsoever. You know, like you know, a, a double backflip from a homeless guy on the street. Okay, that proves that you're God, you're real. Or writing you know, your name in the sky. Okay, that kind, that's what he was wanting from God. And he, he vented his frustration with me over breakfast. And he said, it feels like I'm doing all the pursuing and God's not pursuing me at all. And you know what? Fortunately, I had my journal with me that day, and I pulled out my journal. And I flipped back a few pages, and I said, look at, look at my dialogue with God on this day. And he read it, and it said, I asked the Lord in my prayers. I wrote it out. I wrote most of my prayers out, out, out in, in a journal. And I wrote out, Lord, who do you want me to pursue that they would come to know you as their Savior? And then I said to him, I said, look at the next line. What, what name did God give me? And he says, that's my name. And I said, yeah. <laughs> I said, think about it. You're frustrated with God because he's not pursuing you in the ways that you want to be pursued, not making himself evident in the way that you want him to be, make himself evident to you. But I said, look at this. Me and alone, in my devotions, he spoke your name to me. And then I asked, look, you can keep reading, how do you want me to to reach out to this person. And then God said, invite him out for breakfast. Here we are. God is pursuing you through me. Yeah. And he's, oh. And we continue to chat more about God and his other questions and things like that. And, you know, even during that time, I just sensed this from the Lord, um, you know, some, some, some strong but loving things to say to him. And, and his response was just, whoa. It's like you're in my head. It's like you know my every thought. And I said, That's not from me. That is God's goodness and grace using me to speak to you because otherwise he wouldn't be able to get your attention. Whoa. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it is. (laughs) Second gulp. Are we praying? for those that are heavy on our heart. And more than just a prayer of, Lord, save them, Lord, help them, or do our prayers go to specifics of, Lord, what am I to do about this? How am I to engage your will and your way to love and to lead this person or these people to you? Third gulp, I find it helpful, we read, about, we read this in our text this morning, I find it helpful to know that everyone is seeking and working towards salvation. Everybody wants salvation. That's not a secret. It's just often they are either blind or ignorant to the fact that they are wanting it or to the things that they are seeking it for themselves as the way to live, to get to the good life, to get to salvation. They're blind. They don't know who to trust or what to trust. Some people think salvation comes by fortune. If I just, you know, get enough money, then I'll be happy. Then I'll live the good life. Then life will be made. Other people, it's I just want to be famous. I want people to like me. I want lots of followers and lots of fans and lots of admirers. And if I just get that where there's enough of a mass of people that love me and like me, then I'll be happy with myself. And I'll like myself. And I'll love myself. And, and life will be great. And there's others. They, 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 they desire a perfect family. Life will be perfect. Life will be good. It will be heaven on earth when my family acts and. Is our uh, forms in the way that I want it to be, and I have the nice home that I want to have, and the nice kitchen that I want to have, and the nice boat that I want to have, and the holiday that I want to have. Others of us want a really healthy, fit, look good-looking body. That's the thing that we're working for. That'll think that will save us. Others want the respect of our peers or colleagues at work. Others will seek out just worldly pleasures and comforts, a hedonistic lifestyle, just whatever feels good. I'm going to be all in, and that's. The meaning of life. That's the good life. Others will subscribe to different religions and cults. Buddhism, Islam, Mormonism. And on and on it goes. There's a whole list of things that you could believe in. But trusting in any or all of those things will always lead to shame. That's what our scripture says. There is only one who offers true salvation. And those who trust in him... Scripture says we'll never be put to shame. As your heart moves in compassion towards lost people, as you pray for them and get to know them better, you will begin to see what they are living for, who they are living for, how they are seeking their salvation, what they are putting their hope and their trust in, and you can be confident That what you have in Jesus, the good news of Jesus, is both the only and best news for them. There's nothing better. You've got exactly what they need. And they need it more than you know. And they often want it more than they let on. You know, we have a park sider at our church that the very first Sunday they walked into these doors, another park sider came up to them after the service and said, I never thought I'd see you in church. You are the last person of all the people I know that I ever thought would see enter a church, let alone worship God. Folks, you never really know what is going on underneath the surface, underneath the facade of anyone's life. Even the toughest, most affluent, most confident, most good-looking, most intelligent person out there, you have no idea what's going on inside, underneath. And you can be confident that what they are actually seeking and desiring can all be met in Christ and more. The good news is for everyone. Can the Lord show you the way into that? Yes, he can. Fourth gulp is here. You get to speak into that lie that they're believing. Those things that they're holding on to for salvation, those things that they're putting their hope and their trust in, you get to be the mouthpiece for God and actually get to speak to those lies and speak the truth of Jesus, the light of Christ, into those. You get to preach. Have you ever considered yourself a preacher? If Christ lives in you, you have the call of a preacher, every single one of us. Now, of course, being Parksiders, we're not going to preach in a way that we're insensitive jerks. We speak and we preach in harmony with the character, aka gentleness, of Christ. We preach at the pace of not going ahead of Christ, but walking with him sensitively to us, how he's leading us to speak into other people's lives. And we're obedient to the gentle promptings of the spirit. And as we preach, we sow seeds of kindness, of grace, of truth and love. We preach from a place of compassion, not condemnation. It's not an out of body experience where the Holy Spirit takes over you. It is organic. It is spirit-led though. It's the invitation of Jesus to speak something that he puts in your mind and on your heart. And you get to speak into that other people, those other people or that other person the life of Jesus, the good news of Jesus to turn from what they are currently seeking out for their salvation and to find Yet all and more in Christ. Do you remember I just, I just shared with you the guy that I met for breakfast and how he was like, oh, you're in my thoughts, man. That, that wasn't me. There was nothing about that that I could take credit for other than just being in a, a, a vessel. I was just a clay pot, <laughs> you know, an ugly one at that. And here I am munching away on my 679 early morning special breakfast at the Horse Brunch Cafe, which is no more, by the way. But anyways, and there, uh, God is speaking through me to him in a way that he, no one else could know. H- how would I know what his thoughts are? How would I know what he's wrestling with about God? And yet God would speak through me in that moment. That's, that's only the Lord, and that's what God wants to do through each and every one of us. A couple of months ago, I was talking to someone who needed Jesus. And I said, you're probably not going to like what I'm going to say next. That's kind of how I brace the awkwardness. Just gets them ready, right? And I said, but you need Jesus. He is the only one that can save you from yourself. Now, and I said, we can pray right now. But if you're ready, not ready, or if you don't want me to, then I'm not going to force you. That's not my thing. Not for me to do. But I said to him, anytime you want, whenever you're ready and you're ready to pray that prayer, you let me know and I'm there. And we'll pray that prayer together. And he said to me that that day, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to pray that prayer. But just a few days later, I got a text from him. And all it said was, I'm ready. And we got together, and he prayed that prayer. And in hindsight, just a few months later now, he uh, told me the other day, he said, that was the best day of my life, the day that I let Jesus into my life to let him be the Lord of my life. Do you see what Paul is saying when he says, how beautiful are the feet that bring good news? I love the emphasis of the feet, even though I think they're disgusting simply because the focus of evangelism isn't on who is the prettiest or the most handsome or those that have it all together or can pray really nice prayers out loud or or know every corner of the Bible perfectly. No. Evangelism is all about people that are just simply willing to get up and go. People that are just simply ready to cross the street to their neighbor's house. Or to walk over to that classmate in your classroom who's going through a hard time or is being rejected by his peers or whatever it might be. Or to be the first person in a conversation with your neighbor or a family member and actually be vulnerable for once. And to let your guard down and your, your feet are moving towards that person by opening up about your own brokenness or your own struggle or your own history. And all of a sudden now that becomes disarming for the other person. And they feel now safe and comfortable to share something with you. And you get to speak the gospel, the good news of Jesus, into that person's life. Who has the Lord put on your heart? And are you praying for wisdom and ideas and strength and boldness to minister to them in the life and the power of the good news of Jesus, energized and led by His Spirit? Can you see with the eyes of the Spirit of God? See what that person is trusting in, that He would give you insight into their life. And then as the Lord prompts you, speak words of life. If you're wondering if you've been called to be a preacher, if you're wondering if you've been sent from God to be a preacher, wonder no more. If you've got feet or wheels... Guess what? Jesus said to his disciples, go. Go and make disciples of all nations. The reason that you are where you are in your life right now is because Jesus has sent you there. Look up. Look around at those that are in your life. Who are you called to go to? Who will look at your ugly feet and call them beautiful? Whose life and eternity will be forever changed because you got up and walked over to them? How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Humor me once more. Look down at your feet again. And before the Lord, just say, Where are you, Lord, going to take my feet today? Where are you going to take me this week? Whether it's school or the workplace or in our neighborhood or in our home, whether it's picking up a phone and calling somebody, texting somebody, whatever. Where is God sending you? Your feet are beautiful to him because they have the capacity to bring life-changing, eternally changing good news. Isn't that incredible? Why don't you stand with me? We're going to close in prayer. Music team will come up. <clears throat> if you'd like prayer for anything this morning, our elders will be available uh, to the left of the stage. It's, uh, Eugene and Catherine Degno will be there. They would love to pray with you and for you. A reminder as well, there will be the bake sale and the soup sale, which is really just code for give generously to those going to the Dream Center uh, LA um, trip. And uh, get awkward together. <laughs> family that takes awkward photos together stays together. Am I right? (laughs) Let's pray, though. Lord, we come before you. We are your children. And we have been saved by you, set apart uh, for you, adopted into your family, knowing that our place in you is eternally secure because you are that good and you are that strong. And, Lord, you in your wisdom and in your grace you get to say hey now that you're in our now that you're in my family you are now a part of the family business and you are called to go back into the very world in which i called you out of and saved you from you are to go into the darkness you are going to brokenness and you are to live like i lived for you through my son and you are to share with the harassed and the helpless the broken the confused the deceived the arrogant the, the, the beaten down, whoever the Lord sends us to, are to, you are to go to them and you are to preach the good news of the gospel. Being led by the Spirit of God, being sensitive to the Spirit of God, being used by the Spirit of God to forever change the life of another person. That's why we're here. That's why the church exists. So Lord, I thank you for this call. Forgive us, Lord, for sometimes being neglectful or forgetful or even purposely negligent of this call your grace and your mercy is more than sufficient to forgive us of our sin to pick us up and to say "All right, let's get out there together so Lord send us into the harvest today and this week we pray would we have eyes and ears to see what you see and what you are saying to us and through us for one another we love you Lord and we thank you for involving us in this incredible opportunity called sharing the gospel (laughs) in your name we pray Amen. Amen. Let's close in song.